notice it. Meeting. Thank you. Well, welcome everybody. Welcome to our Easter Sunday meeting here at Calvary Evangelical Church. My name is Jerome and I'm a member here of the church. Um, a particular warm welcome to you if you are visiting us this morning. Um, do stick around at the end if you are able. We will be serving teas and coffees at the end of the meeting, so please mingle, get to know us. We'd love to meet you. Um, and a very particular welcome to baby Elijah, who is with us for the first time. It's so lovely to see you. And I'm sure there'll be a queue at the end of the meeting for people looking for a cuddle. Um, it's really great to see you, and Estelle. And Angela, so thank you. Lovely to see you all. Um, notices this, this morning. So basically, we have an evening meeting this evening at 6.30. It's our communion meeting, so a really a lovely time of fellowship and a lovely time of communion this, this evening. And if you are a member or a regular... We would urge you, if you can, do come along. It's great to come together and great to have communion together. So if you're able, do be among us this evening. That's here at the building at 6.30, is that right, Phil? And, and, and Philip is leading this evening. We also are running a Hope Explored course. I don't know if it's up there anywhere. Here we go, Hope Explored. 19th of April at 6.30pm. Is the 19th on Tuesday? So Tuesday evening at 6.30pm here, Hope Explored is, my understanding is, it's a course that's to help people get a better understanding of the Christian faith, the opportunity for people to ask questions. Um, I'm not sure on the exact format. Um, I hear it can be discussional, but you do not have to disclose anything about yourself. You can just come along and listen and participate as much or as little as you feel comfortable if you are seeking, if you, are, if you do have questions about the Christian faith, do come along, 6.30. Um, is, is it required that people speak to Mark beforehand? Or? I'm, sure, I'm sure he'd like to know. Uh, if, you, if you know you're coming, let him know. That would be great. Yes, yes. Okay, um, apologies. The slide is apparently incorrect. It's not 6.30 p.m. It's 7 p.m. Um, if you are thinking of coming along, um, our gospel worker, Mark Rayfield, who's not with us this morning, has been organising this. So do speak to either myself or Philip or Annika at the end of the meeting, and we can give you his contact details to arrange for that. Just in terms of our meeting this morning, um, a little bit later, I will be declaring that Christ is risen and what I would ask you to do is when I declare that with a nice, loud and joyful voice, voice in response, if you could all say, he is risen indeed. 
Um, this is a tradition that we do every Easter, so that will be a little bit later after the um, call to worship. But I believe, Anya, you've got some notices that you want to bring. Do you want the clicker? For those of you who attended Ukrainian meal last week and um, donated some money, and for those of you who didn't attend Ukrainian meal but still donated some money, uh, I just have an announcement to make. So we raised 2,633 pounds. And I, don't, I do believe this is not everything. There are still a couple more people who promised to donate money. So as time goes, we'll announce final sum. But I just would like to say thank you to all of you and just want to encourage you, if you missed Ukrainian meal, don't worry. You can always come to my house. I will cook something Ukrainian for you. So I do understand it was a tricky weekend. I didn't realize it's collided with a marathon and all the things. But so we raised 2,600 23 pounds and there's 73 pounds. I did not include it there. So, uh, and just I would like to thank you from um, the minister from that church. You know, I had a presentation last week, some of you missed it, you know, but uh, we are supporting those Christians in Ukraine families. They're working in the one particular village in Ukraine, they have a church plant. Uh, they like have ministry with the old people. They had whole old people's home evacuated into their village. They have so many, at least 60 people now arrived into their village uh, from uh, cities which were bombed. And uh, they also helping local people. And you saw presentation. But I have just a couple things. After I sent, I didn't send all some yet because it was arriving still, but I sent 520 pounds just to see how it goes. It was arrived within five minutes from England to Ukraine. It was perfect. And they just said, it's a miracle, guys, because we have great need in here. But they are quite small church in the middle of nowhere, not known without support. And they said, we just prayed. We had so many needs. And God just answered in this amazing way through you guys, through the uh, church in England. And they already were able to provide so much for those people. Uh, they prepared big food boxes, parcels, to people in the village. And for those people who arrived, they also included gospel in every box. And also, people who arrived from east of Ukraine, also they don't have anything. Sometimes they managed to get their passport. Sometimes they didn't manage to get even that. They were managed to provide first necessities, like even blankets, some clothing, you know, like just toiletry, things necessary for beginning. So I have just a couple of slides. Uh, so this is like food uh, parcels with the gospel inside. They were preparing just some of them. And it's thanks to your donations, thanks to things you've been giving. And this is also, they provided for old people. You know, I said whole old people's home was evacuated from Kiev into their village. They, at the moment in school, they have beds in classrooms where old people, they think, obviously it's not like individual rooms, they're all together, but they are cared for, they looked after, and they had the chance, one lady was 88 this week, and they had a chance to pray with her, to, you know, give her, they made a cake for her, you know, and they had the chance to go there and have ministry for them. So they're just delivering those parcels. So this is just a couple of slides, you know, and those are people, this group, they evacuated from East of Ukraine and they're helping them as well. You know, so your support here is absolutely, it's an amazing blessing for those people, you know, like, and it's, uh, 
just they thank just big thank you. She just asked me, you know, please thank your church, thank people who donated. Just re really, really grateful. So thank you, everyone. Thanks. Thank you, Anya, for that really encouraging news. Okay, let's focus our hearts and our minds as we come before our great God in worship. And our call to worship this morning comes from two places in the scriptures. So I'm going to read from Acts 2 and Romans 6. Acts 2, Peter is addressing the crowd on the day of Pentecost. So hear the word of God. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up loosing the pangs of death because he, it was not possible for, for him to be held by it. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves death, death, dead to sin and alive to God, in Christ Jesus. People of God, our Lord and Saviour, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen. Let's sing our first song, which is 464, In the tomb so, so cold they laid him. And the word should come up on the screen.
please remain standing as we sing the next song, which is Glory to Jesus. I've said a prayer, we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer. You see the words behind me on the screen. 
Our gracious God and Father, we thank you so much for the resurrection. Thank you that your divine, supernatural power has defeated death and the grave, that death has now been conquered. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have confirmed your total victory over sin and guilt, and you are now justified and vindicated as the saviour of your people. Spirit of God, we thank you for all the spiritual blessings that we can enjoy that flow from the great news of the resurrection. Thank you that you have empowered and enabled us to overcome sin, that we can now, as your people, live in faith, that we can live in hope, that we can look forward to a glorious day when we will be raised with you. Our triune God, we do pray that you would fill our hearts with joy this morning as we remember that death is disarmed, that sin is subdued, that the devil is crushed and hell is conquered. We come and we confess our sins in confidence We come in confidence because we know you said those words. It is finished. We can come with boldness and confidence because of the finished work of the cross. We thank you for the guarantee of the resurrection that we may know freedom. We can know joy. We can know peace. We can know righteousness. We can know justification. And we can know eternal and everlasting life. Because it is finished. We have the guarantee of our Lord and Saviour, raised from the dead and now exalted, sitting at the right hand of the Father, pouring out his love and his spirit upon us and within us. Lord, we do pray for this world and we pray for those at this time that either experientially or in any way know of this hope and this joy. We think of people who are particularly struggling in war-torn areas. We think of civil war in Yemen. We think of terrorist attacks in Nigeria. Lord, we think of Ukraine and the, the possibility of further military incursions on Donbass, Lord. And, oh, Lord, we just cry out for you to bring peace, to alleviate suffering, to work in the leaders of this world in their hearts um, to to not um, pursue the route of violence and military incursions and bloodshed. Lord, please, would you bring about peace and would you please um, bring a restriction or limits upon the violence that people are experiencing and the bloodshed. We pray for the refugees who are leaving their homes and uncertain of their futures, Lord coming into a new life in a strange country, a strange culture, strange language. Lord God, please be with them and comfort them. We do think of Sri Lanka at this time, Lord, and the economic crisis there and all that that entails, Father. We pray for your your hand of care and mercy and provision upon that nation. We commit our churches to you, Father, on this day. We pray that your gospel of hope and peace will be proclaimed across this city. 
We pray that the good news of the gospel and the resurrection would be declared with power and with boldness and clarity. And we pray that many would come to saving faith as a result of this. We particularly think of churches that we have closer fellowship with. We think of um, Park Hill Evangelical Church. We think of Grace Baptist Church. We think of Ebenezer as well, these smaller gospel churches. Be with them this morning, but also be with the larger churches, we pray also, Father. And Lord, we do just commit Philip to you as he comes and brings your word this morning. Pray that you would empower and enable him. And we pray that adults and children alike would be built up, would be encouraged, and would be filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit as they leave this place today. And these things we pray in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to invite Brenda up because she's going to read the scriptures for this morning's talks. Thank you, Brenda. John, John 21 to I'm reading John chapter 20, starting at the first, first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark... Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, 
but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. We are now going to sing number one. Oh, it's you now, Phil. Okay, come to the, come to the front and preach to us, brother. That's what it's going to be. Well, good morning. Uh, it's really good to see everybody this morning. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Correct answer. Uh, I'm going to do uh, the, the talk this morning uh, for everybody, all ages, and I hope the boys and girls will be able to join in. Um, so let's just, have we got any boys and girls this morning? I don't think there are any, are there? Ah, right, okay. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Anybody at the back that I need to make sure I'm looking at? So is Charlie, Charlie and Ralph? And, ah, all the way from Lewis. Right, nice to see you guys. We've, we've been thinking about the events of... No, we'll pray first. Lord, please help us to think about these wonderful things with the help that you give, not just human power, but the, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Come among us, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit, and show us the glory of these things. Amen. 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 So we've been thinking about this, uh, the things that we remember this week. Um, uh, we said there's some really defining moments, world-changing moments. We, we thought last week of Palm Sunday, when the King comes. We thought uh, on Friday of Good Friday, when the Lamb dies. And we think of Easter Sunday. And I've done a little picture of that with the uh, stone rolled away from the tomb and the sun just coming up. And on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. These are crucial things. These are central to Christian faith. Without these, Christianity is a fraud and a waste of time. If these things are not true and real, we are wasting our time. I'm wasting your time. um, And many of us have wasted our lives. Uh, These things are absolutely essential. And that's what we're going to look at. I'm going to look at it in three parts with the help of the boys and girls. Uh, The fact of the resurrection, so it really happened. Number two, the meaning of the resurrection, so it tells us something. It just happened, it tells us something. And thirdly, the challenge of the resurrection, how that affects us. Because uh, uh, the truth of the matter is that every, every one of us, whether you're a person of faith or whether you're not a person of faith, whether you're a regular here at the church or whether you've just popped in or been dragged along by somebody, um, 
This affects you. It says something to you. And that's what I'd like us to look at in that third part. So, boys and girls, are you nice and awake? Because we're going to look, first of all, at the fact of the resurrection. Now then, fact means this. Can you see those words? So, we need to do this really quickly because we've got loads of these. So, it something. R something. A something something. Y. H something. P. P. Something. N something. D. Oh, come on. So, a fact means it... Is that correct? Yeah, okay. Right. It, well done. It really happened. It really happened. Yeah, yeah. We're going to, you get a little round of applause for this. It, um, uh, and the it that really happened is that Jesus was really... Jesus was really... He didn't pretend to be this. He really was dead. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to ask loads of people because there's lots of this to do. Uh, and he really something alive. So he, he, he really did. He came alive. Well done. Okay, a little ripple there. He came alive. So uh, he really came alive. It wasn't just that people thought he did. It wasn't just that other people felt he came alive. Jesus himself came alive. So it was for him and not just in the minds of others. And because it's a real fact, it has a place. Where did this happen? Boys and girls, where did this happen? Was it in Burgess Hill? No. Was it in Lansing? No. Was it in Brighton? Where did this really happen? Well done, Jerusalem. Yeah, good. And uh, when did it happen, roughly speaking? Last week, week before, 10 years ago, roughly speaking, when did it happen? 2,000 years ago. Yeah, right. Okay, so we've got a time and a place for a fact that really happened. Now, what I'd like us to look at is how we know this. How we know this. And the, um, the Bible, and, and it was read to us, tells us, God raised this Jesus to life, and uh, Peter says on the day of Pentecost, we are all witnesses of that. Now, I want to look at that word, witnesses, and we're going to think about this, uh, about the fact of the resurrection. So, witness... In English, we have a group of words, and they sound different, but they mean the same sort of thing, like witness, testimony, testify. Testimony is what you'd say in a court if somebody says, did you see this person stealing that motorbike? And you say, yes, I did see that person stealing that motorbike. That is a testimony that, that you, you're saying what you, because you were a witness and you can tell about it. But in, in Greek, they're all this, more or less the same word, but we have different words. Witness, testify, testi testimony. Right, now then, what would make a good testimony? So you've got to look at the, this up on the screen, boys and girls. Here is somebody saying, Christ is risen. There we go. And the question is, what sort of witness would we be prepared to trust? So, um, yeah, if, you're, if your mum or dad, whoever looks after you, says it's 8 o'clock in the morning and time to get up to go to school, uh, they're generally reliable and you trust them and you get out of bed. So who would you trust to say Christ is risen? So I've got a number of things up there. So we might need to, some grown-ups as well. Hopefully I've got the stars in the right place. So anybody like to start us off with any of those in the blue, um, in the blue circles? Can you see them? 
Um, okay. Right. Shall we, shall we try that one? So somebody who is not... Not stupid. Yeah, okay. I think that's good. Somebody who's not stupid. Because people think, oh, the pe- nowadays people wrongly think that the people who wrote the Bible were stupid, uh, that they would believe anything, uh, that they were uh, silly, but they weren't silly, and they're not stupid. And they, uh, they're just like, you know, sensible people like sensible people are. They didn't just believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead just because they thought it was a nice idea. They, they were not stupid. They were, uh, they were people who needed to be convinced, and Jesus convinced them. So that's great. Thank you very much. So they were not stupid. Uh, what do you want to do this one? Nothing to gain by L-Y something something. What? Lying. Well done, Gracie. Yeah. So... Uh, have you ever seen uh, on, on YouTube uh, where people, uh, young, younger, younger ones might not have seen this, but uh, on, on YouTube somebody might come on and say, I've tried this makeup and it is really wonderful. Look what it's done for my complexion. I look so wonderful. No, it's, oh, I'm, just, I'm not really. <laughs> Thank you. I will get a refund. Yeah. Um, and then at the end it says, this person was paid to say this by the people who made this beauty lotion and you think oh well I don't know I'm going to believe them now so we're thinking about witnesses who had nothing to gain by lying nobody was going to pay them to tell a lie about Jesus rising from the dead and you might think actually it was the opposite anybody like to take that line that it wasn't that they so much they had nothing to gain by lying, but rather the opposite. Anybody like to tell us that? What happened to those first people who said Jesus was written, risen from the dead? What, what sort of life did they have in front of them? Uh, lots of people were sick and children, and eventually they got killed. Thank you very much. Lots of people wanted to kill them, and eventually they got killed. That's well done, well done. So here's a witness who says something, not because they're going to gain by it. Actually, they're going to risk a lot, but they're saying it because it's true. And that was the case for the apostles. So nothing to gain by lying. Now then, what that one, backed up by, now that might be a little bit difficult. The last one is a why, and it's to do with these other ones here. So here's one of them, and here's some more, backed up by M something something Y. What do you think? Many? Many. Well done. Yeah. So if one, one person comes along and says a crazy thing, you know, I saw a man turn into a dustbin, um, and you think, well, that's probably a bit crazy. But if you had 12 people or 20 people or 100 people saying the same thing, then you might start to take notice. And the resurrection is not just something that one person saw, or even just 12, but many, many people. So we've got the, the, the fact that many people said the same thing. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says there are many witnesses. I can't remember how many he says. Did you, did you, 500, as many as 500 at once, I think he says. So here's a good thing about witnesses, backed up by many. Now then, that one backs it up 100%. That letter there is an F. L something... 
F something. Ooh. L something. This backs up what they said. This backs it up over years and years. What do you think? Life. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? Yeah, and I was going to say life as well. So well done. The, the people who saw Jesus risen from the dead didn't just go along, uh, didn't a few years later say, oh, I'm, I can't be bothered and I'm not going to, you know, that was all a fib. Uh, but their lives backed it up 100%. This is very impressive. So their lives were changed. Let's see, what about this one? Uh, a, a witness, uh, a, a good witness, if, if they're going to have a witness for a long time, can W-R something, 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 it all down. So anybody in the back, uh, in, in the back compartment, this witness can W-R, yes? Right? Right. Right, okay, well done. A witness can write it all down. And actually, that's what the Bible is. Jesus said to his, uh, particularly his uh, apostles, I'm going to tell you everything. The Holy Spirit will come and you can remember it and it can be written down. And so that's a really good, strong testimony. Uh, what have we got here? Uh, all right. Uh, C-H-O, something, 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 and T-R, something, something, N, something, D, especially by the central person. So C-H-O, something, 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 and T-R, something, something, N, something, D. So this is, the central person is Jesus. So he did something about these witnesses, and he, what do you think? Wow, yeah. Oh, well, I think a shared round of applause for, yeah. Chosen, because remember Jesus said, you are my witnesses. And he, he chose these people. Peter says uh, he didn't show himself just to people at random. He chose us to be his witnesses. And they were with Jesus, and he taught them things so they would understand, so that they could explain it and proclaim it. So it wasn't just random. Uh, you know, if you were going to do something remarkable, I don't know, then one thing you might do is leave a will, and you would actually choose people and say, I want you to be in charge of making sure that other people know about this. So they don't get the wrong end of the stick. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. And this is what Jesus did with the apostles. He chose them and he trained them to be his witnesses. Now then, what about this? Uh, uh, a, somebody who's going to testify, it would be nice if they were an I, lots of dots there, which means that they saw it themselves. Somebody in the back? What do you think about this one? A good witness who saw it would be a... Anybody in this bit? Yeah? An eyewitness. Yeah, you can say the same thing. Yeah, good. Well done. Yeah, an eyewitness. And uh, you'd also like somebody who actually loves T-R-U-T-H. Well, let our summer have a go at this one then. Loves truth. Loves truth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
And we get all this in, in, in the Bible. These are people who, who are described here. And uh, God himself is behind this and with it and testifies to it by the Holy Spirit. And when we hear, the, or hear or read the apostolic words about the resurrection, uh, God whispers in our hearts, this is right. This is actually true. Believe it. So we've got a combination of witness to the fact. Uh, so here is uh, one of the apostles writing, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and which our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. The apostles say, we saw it, we know it, we walk with God, we have God in our lives, we are in the life of God and we want you to share this too and you share it by believing our testimony. So this is about testimony. Uh, the fact of the resurrection, he was raised according to the scriptures. And we'll just say this and then we'll sing a song in a moment. Um, and God has given us his own testimony in the... Mm. Well done! Yes, well done. Yeah, in the Bible. We've got the, what the apostles wrote in the New Testament... We have the Old Testament prophecies and the whole Bible testifies to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fact that he really lived and really died. He came alive from the dead in a physical body. And we believe because of convincing testimony of eyewitnesses and the testimony of scripture which comes from God. And here is a fact which whether you or I like it or whether you or I believe it, it is a fact it is a true fact. Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, it is something that really happened. And I suppose we have two options. We can either say, it's a fact, I will yield to it, and I will adjust my life to fit with that fact. Or we deny it and say, I'm going to live my life unrealistically, as, as escapism, because I'm going to refuse to acknowledge the relevance of this fact. Now, which are we going to do? A sensible person would yield to that fact and bring their life into line with the fact of Jesus' resurrection. So let's sing something. We're going to sing uh, in Christ alone, and then we'll go a little bit further. So let's get ready to sing. stand.
Right, boys and girls, we're going to think about the meaning of the resurrection. So I need you to be nice and wide awake. How many people have got hand here? At least one. Raise one, please. Hand. Grown-ups, two. Grown-ups, two. Uh, no, grown-ups, one hand but as well. Okay, right, hands. I just want to think about meaning, meaning of things. So, boys and girls, anybody else who feels that they'd like to participate... Uh, let's try some hand movements. So, first of all, hand in that position, and then it's going to go back and forward. No, backwards first. Backwards first, like that. Okay. Okay, try that one. Okay, another one out sideways. Rotation. Okay, you're going to be so fit after this, aren't you? Okay, and right, and then we do another one, which is slightly in front, like that. Right, so the ones that we did was this one, and this one, and this one. Now, boys and girls, generally speaking, of those three hand movements, only one of them has a meaning. Of those three hand movements, yeah, you got the idea, yep. Only one of them has a meaning. So if you went out somewhere and you went, or if you went, or if you went, only one of those other people would know what you meant. Which one of them is it? Which one of those movements is it? Oh, Ralph's got the idea. Yeah, at the back. Yeah. Shall we do it? Which one has a meaning? Which we think has a Yeah. Okay, and what's the meaning of that one? It can mean a few things, but what, what generally, what does it mean? To say hi to someone. Hi. Or it could be, you could say other things. Bye. It could be, bye. The Queen does that, yes. The Queen does that. Um, so, some things are just things. Don't mean anything. But some things mean something. And this one, you're just moving your hand, but you're actually saying, I'm interested in you. Hello, how nice to see you. Or you might be saying, goodbye, I'm going to miss you. You're saying something, and you might be saying something about what you really feel inside. Uh, I'll give you another one, which is stop. Who might do that one? Who might do that one? A police officer. And that would be a show of authority, wouldn't it? You'd be saying, I, I, you should stop because I'm telling you to stop. So there's all sorts of um, things that uh, can be meanings of things. And the resurrection of Jesus is not just a fact. It is a fact with a meaning. It means something. Some meanings can be obvious. Some meanings you have to learn now then, let me just tell you this one, boys and girls, watch this. So this is, in Sri Lanka, this means something. Do you know what it means? <laughs> she doesn't know what it means. Or it could be this one as well. Yeah, that one means yes. Which, in our culture, it doesn't, does it? If you're doing that, you think, well, that person's head's about to fall off. But that word would mean yes, and that could, I've seen that mean yes. Can we go through? Yeah, I've seen that. 
Some meanings you have to learn. You have to get them from somewhere else. Some is obvious. Some you have to get from somewhere else. And the resurrection of Jesus is, uh, Jesus himself said, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And in the bit that Brenda read, it said they didn't know from Scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. So there's, we're taught the meaning. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's really impressive that Jesus rose from the dead, but we're taught other parts of the meaning from Scripture. So I've got some meanings here. So can you do this one? One meaning of the, of the resurrection. God... A, P, something, R, something, V, something, S of Jesus. God, did I spell that right? Have I got it right? Yes, I think I spelled that right. Yeah, always have these moments of angst. Um, what, does that, what does that say? It, that, whoops. Yeah, we've got Jesus. So we've got God's. Oh, I shouldn't have put the S, should I? Should I? I should have just put God something. God. You think approves? What do you think? You think approves? Approves? Yeah, okay, that's right, well done, yeah. And this is important because when Jesus died on the cross, uh, the cross is something that people do to other people to show they disapprove. Say, you're a bad person. You're on that cross because you're a nasty person. You're on that cross because you've done something really bad and we're going to give you the worst possible punishment we can think of. And crucifixion is a horrible way to kill somebody. And you are condemned and bad and nasty and that's what we say about you. And when Jesus rose from the dead, God said, Jesus is not bad and nasty. He he has not done terrible things. He is great. He is brilliant. He is wonderful. And I will raise him from the dead. Therefore God exalted him and gave him uh, the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess him Lord. Peter in the the sermon uh, on Pentecost said, you guys, I think it was that, maybe, no, it's a bit later, isn't it? You killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God exalted him to his right hand to be a prince and savior. So one thing is that it shows Jesus is great. Yeah? It does. It shows Jesus is great, and God thinks Jesus is great, and God shows that Jesus is great by raising him from the dead. And he's lifted up to be God's right-hand man. Um, It says there, doesn't it? Exalted him to his own right hand. Uh, It shows that he's God's son. And he's... Jesus. uh, God has only done this for one person in the whole world. He hasn't done it for Tony Blair. He's never done this for President Trump. He's never done this... Well, President Trump isn't dead, is he? Neither is Tony Blair. That was a bit of a silly illustration. But think of some dead people who stayed dead, which is everybody apart from Jesus. Only Jesus has been marked out by this. He is the one. He is the key figure in the cosmos. He is to be honored and glorified uh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
and God raised him from the dead to say, I approve of this Jesus. And I wonder if there's anybody here who says, I approve of him too. Yeah. He is great. That's where he ought to be. He shouldn't be in the grave. He should be at the right hand of God. He should be worshipped and praised. And a second meaning here, there's lots of meanings, so I'm just going to do this one. Death is defeated. Death is nasty. Death is not normal. Death is not nice. Death is not something we should just accept. Human beings were not built to die. Death is unnatural. And I know evolutionary scientists will say it's just part of life. But God never made it to be like that. And when we are affected by death, we are affected by an enemy. And it's not nice and it's not right. And up on there is the reason why death comes. The wages of something, S something, N, is death. This is why there is such a thing as death, yes? Sin, hold that thought. Sin, sin, yeah, that's right. The wages of sin is death. And because we live in a a race of sinful people, um, that's why death's here, and that's affected the whole cosmos, really. Uh, That's what the Bible teaches. I have to get our heads around that. But if somebody rises from the dead, it shows that sin, not only that death's been defeated, but sin has been defeated. The wages of sin is death. Sin and death have been dealt with and defeated. And there's a great comfort here because the fact that Jesus rose from the dead after bearing the whole weight of human sin, the whole weight of it, all dealt with, all removed, all paid for. And this tells us as we're sitting here and as we might be watching at home, there is no sin so great that the cross has not dealt with it. There is no sin too deep that the cross of Christ has not dealt with it. Be it an outward, embarrassing, noticeable sin or an inward sin that nobody knows but you and God, no sin is too bad that the cross cannot wipe it all away. I think that's, that's worth an amen. Yeah. Uh, so there's a song which says, My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the whole, is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. Though our sins be red as scarlet, they shall be white as wool. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. That's what the power of Christ does, and the resurrection proves it. Sin is defeated, and death is defeated. Let's sing another song, and then we'll just come back for one more session. So what are we going to sing?
Please stand. come up to the front here because I brought with me I brought a, a set of my socks which um, is, uh, is pretty, if you're a visitor, I always do this each week, I always bring my socks um, <laughs> uh, meetings never complete without a few socks so um, would Charlie and Ralph like to come up and the, the models do you, want, you don't have to but if you, if you want to be involved you, um, you can I've, uh, I've, got, I've got quite a, uh, a number of them. Some of them are clean, um, but, but not to worry because I, I change my socks every three months whether I need to or not. So, um, and I just want to... Uh, so, oh, I better tell you what's happening, haven't I? So this is the challenge of the resurrection and just saying that some things demand action. Some things aren't just things, they demand action. Right, so, some things demand action. Do you want to come and help me? So, Charlie, would you just like to stand, stand up so that we can see you? Right, some things demand action. So, 
I'm going to throw my sock at you, and you can either, you've got a choice, you can catch it, or dodge it, or just stay and let it hit you. Okay? Let's try, let's try this one, shall we? Okay. Well done. Right. Thank you. Right. Okay, Ralph, do you want to try? So you can catch it, dodge it, or just let it hit you. Oh, right. Well done. <laughs> right. Uh, well done. Let me come over here. Do you want to have a go as well? You've got catching hands. No. Right. I'm going to throw it hard this time. Okay, you can catch it. Well, let's give you a practice first. Catch it, dodge it, or let it hit you. Right? Which one do you want to do? Oh, right. Okay. Right. Here we go. Oh, I thought he might flinch. Um, you, you do it on to me now. You go over there and throw, throw it at me. Right, you go. Oh, 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 there was real venom in that, wasn't there? Yeah, well done. Good. Right, anybody else want to be thrown a sock at? Or throw a sock? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll. Right, I've got two, one each. Right, you, you ready? Oh, well caught, you can throw it back at me now. Ah, dodged. Right, ready? Oh, oh. Oh. Too high. Right, okay, thanks very much, boys and girls. Thank you for your help with that. And they were all clean, I have to tell you that. Um, Once, yes. Where's the clicker? Some facts are facts, some demand action. So once the sock is thrown, you have a choice. You can either just let it hit you, or you dodge it, or you catch it. Uh, And doing nothing, well, I suppose doing nothing is an option. The sock will hit you. But uh, the resurrection sets up a situation whereby we have to react. Doing nothing is not a sensible option. And I want to uh, say, as the resurrection, as it were, aims towards us, we have uh, people respond in different ways. So the resurrection of Jesus. So the first uh, challenge is a warning that the, the resurrection of Jesus says he is the person whose word will decide your final destiny. That's who he is. He is the key figure of history. He's the key figure of the cosmos. And one day we will all meet him and his word will decide the final destiny of each one of us. He will have us, as it were, lined up and he will say of each of us, come You blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared from you before the world was made. Come, or he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. That's what the resurrection says about Jesus. That's what it says about how important he is. That his word will decide where you are forever. If he says, come, you will never be cast away. If he says, depart, there is no coming back. And there won't be any avoiding this word. Now, a lot of people say about Christianity, well, I don't need it. Um, I don't feel the need. 
I'm fine, actually. I've got a very comfortable life. Nothing really makes me uh, feel that I'm going to need anything sort of spiritual or religious. I don't feel the need for it. And I say, I'm, I'm not going to dispute that. Perhaps you don't feel the need for it. But you will meet Jesus, whether you like it or not, whether you feel the need for it or not, and you will have to face him, and he will either say, come, or he will say, depart. And that, you have to factor that in. May I just give a, an illustration? If you park your car wrongly, you will get a penalty charge notice. And I guess you can pay it, or you can put it on one side and say, oh, that doesn't matter. But after a while, somebody will come and say, what about that? There is something, uh, a bill owing, which you need to pay. And even, even if you put it on one side, that doesn't stop it happening. And with Jesus, even if you put him off and put him to one side and say, oh, um, deal with that another time, you will have to deal with him sometime. So there's a warning in the resurrection. And there's an encouragement in the resurrection. Jesus stands, the risen Jesus has not yet got to the point of calling in all debts and judging everyone. At the moment, the risen Jesus is saying, now is the opportunity to sort everything out. Now is the opportunity to, to find eternal life. Now is the opportunity to have your sins forgiven. Now is the opportunity to put everything right with God. It can be done. It can be done today. That way is open. Take that way. Take that way. In our family, we've been looking at possibilities of buying houses. And a house comes up on the market and a bid's put in and it doesn't happen and somebody else buys it. And you think, well, another one will come along. There'll be another opportunity later. With Jesus, he is the only opportunity. He is the only way. There won't be another saviour coming along later. And if the saviour is offered to you today, take the opportunity. If the saviour is offered to you today, don't say, oh, I'll think about it and maybe I'll come back to it in a year's time. Here is the opportunity. Take that opportunity today. You won't regret it. And here is a, a third uh, challenge for patience. So believing people... You who believe in Jesus, you believe his, uh, in his person, you love him, you've given your life to him, and you're waiting. And in this waiting period, there is frustration because you're not in heaven yet. There is frustration because indwelling sin is still there. There is frustration because God doesn't answer prayers immediately and we cry out, how long, O Lord? But be patient. Because one day soon, his resurrection will guarantee your resurrection. It's just a matter of time before each of his people shares the glory that he has as the risen saviour. It's just a matter of time. 
We will not all sleep, says Paul in 1 Corinthians, but we will all be changed in the, in the twinkling of an eye at the sound of the trumpet. Christ returns and he will make all things new. It's just a matter of time before his resurrection guarantees our resurrection. And the writer C.S. Lewis said, and I think this was an insightful thing to say, the person sitting next to you is either on the way to hell and becoming the most appalling, abhorrent creature that you could imagine, or the person sitting next to you is on the way to heaven. And if you could see now what they will be like, you would just be amazed at the glory that is yet to be revealed in the person sitting next to you will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father, and the resurrection guarantees that. United with him through faith in this life means we will be united with him in his bodily resurrection one great day. And I would like to proclaim that great day to us now. There is a great day coming when his resurrection will be ours, and uh, the sky will fill with his glory And every knee shall bow to him, and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. There's a great day coming. Christ is risen. Should we do this a bit better? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let's uh, let's sing our final song, and then Jerome can uh, close in prayer for us. Christ the Lord is risen today. Thank you, boys and girls, for your help. Thank you, boys and girls, for your help. Please stand. i
Christ and Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for the way that you have spoken to us today. Thank you for these wonderful truths of the resurrection. Lord, we do pray that as we leave this place today, that our hearts would be filled with joy, with expectation and the fullness of Christ and looking forward to that glorious hope of when one day we will be, rise, will be raised with him in eternity, glorified. Yet in the meantime, Lord, let us be people that are joyful, that are expectant, that are filled with that desire to know you more and more. And I will just speak a, a blessing from God's word over us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Now to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.